0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How, then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? In these incredible verses, we find a wonderful golden chain of the process of salvation. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 10 and see how we too have been sent to share the good news of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a, it's a Sunday morning here in Texas and uh, it's a good day. It's a good morning. It's a wonderful day to be loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, talking about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, and uh, just growing in our devotion to Jesus Christ our Lord. It is indeed the purpose and meaning of, of our lives. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, well, today, Lord willing, we'll finish Romans chapter 10. Just uh, Just good stuff here, profound stuff in Romans 10 um uh you know one of the most famous verses in the bible and uh you know we're going to talk about it last time we got through i think around verse 10 today we'll uh you know we'll pick up at nine and lord willing we'll go through the end of the chapter so father we do thank you for your word thank you for your mercy your favor your goodness and your grace on our lives father we thank you for our bible Thank you that we have this wonderful, incredible Bible. We thank you that we have the word of the living God, Father. We thank you for the scriptures, Father. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. And we thank you that you're alive and risen today. And we worship you, our our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, Romans 10, I'm going to, we're going to pick up. I mean, I got through 10 last time, I believe, but we'll start in verse 9. Again, extremely well-known verse, Romans 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. But I asked, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Again, I asked, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, good stuff. So if any of y'all have spent time, right, Scott, if you spent much time in your Bible, my, uh, my very close friend Scott is, is, is consistently asking me to, to explain things that he says are, are, are not common knowledge, uh, even for people who have been in church. But most of us who have spent time in our Bible have, 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 have read Romans 9, have, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 10, 9, and have, and have And have heard it in church over and over and over and over again. Okay, so Romans 10, 9, it's, you know, it's a famous salvation verse. It's a famous verse that speaks to to the steps, so to speak, of salvation and what salvation looks like. What does belief in Jesus Christ really mean? Um, And so Romans 10, verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, okay? So you notice it's not just the words. It's not just saying Jesus is Lord. Verse 9, right, Corinne, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why does he say the resurrection there? Why does it say and believe in your heart? that God raised him from the dead. We we, we we believe everything the scriptures say about Jesus, okay? We believe that Jesus, our God, God the Son, became a human man for all of us, for all humanity. That he went on to live a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We say it all the time, right? He then died a torturous death on our behalf and in our place that we deserve to die. In doing that, he took our sin. He took our our punishment, okay? The punishment that was due us for our sin was an eternity in hell being separated from the triune God under the wrath of God for our sin. Jesus took that at the cross. This verse teaches how to appropriate that, so to speak the work that jesus did on the cross john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal everlasting life right so paul says in romans 10:9 that if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord do you have a lifestyle of confessing jesus is lord because oftentimes people will look at this as a, you know, as a scripture that says, Well, there was a time in my life that I confessed Jesus is Lord, or I just said the words Jesus is Lord. Remember, it's not our words that save us, okay? Now, our words ought to be a reflection, and they are a reflection of our belief. All right, it's our belief in Jesus, it's our trust and our reliance in what Jesus did for us at the cross and in his resurrection, right? which is the validation that everything Jesus did on the cross is completely sufficient to save us, right? Um, But it's with our mouth that we confess that that Jesus is Lord, that he is Lord of all the earth, right? He is our Lord, he is our God, he's our Savior, our Master, and our King. So more than just this being a one-time salvation verse, this is a, a good evidence of whether or not we actually, we actually have eternal life. You know, are we currently saved? How do you know that you're a Christian today, okay? Because a Christian is not just someone that, that, that says, I believe in Jesus, okay? There ought, to be, there ought to be some evidences in your life that you're a Christian, and there is no greater evidence than the fact that you consistently are confessing Jesus as Lord. Privately and publicly, the name of Jesus is on your lips and that Jesus is indeed not only the Lord of your life, but the Lord of all humanity and of all the earth. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So again, it's not just puppeting words, all right? We're saved by our belief, our trust, our reliance, our confidence in what Jesus did on the cross for us on our behalf and in our place and believing that God has raised him from the dead. Now, if you're consistently confessing Jesus is Lord, you're obviously not confessing a dead Jesus. So you're showing you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Verse 10, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, okay? Your heart, the center of your being, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, okay? So to be justified means to be declared not guilty of sin and righteous before God, right, Stephen? And so it's not just, it's not with our mouth, okay? It's not just an intellectual assent to Jesus, all right? It's with your heart, verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So again, what does Paul mean here? Okay, because he's not saying that, you know, we just say words and saying the words, confessing Jesus as our Lord and Savior, just speaking those words with our mouth. He's not saying that just anyone who puppets those words will be saved. The famous passages in Matthew 7, like 21 to 23, Jesus, you know, declares a very scary statement. He says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Um, So what does he mean? For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Your heart, really the the center of your being, that you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. That you are convinced that he is the Christ and you are clinging and trusting in Him alone. You're holding on to Him desperately, knowing that without Jesus, you are hopeless, helpless, and desperate. And that only eternal hell awaits under the wrath of God our Father without Jesus. For it is your heart that you believe and are justified. So I'll ask you again do you believe these things? Do you believe? That, that your God, God, the Son, Jesus, entered this world for you and that he did live a perfect, righteous life for you and then died a torturous death for you and that he is alive and risen. Do you believe that? And has that belief really driven you to call out to him, Lord Jesus, save me, okay? Um, the, 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 the sinner's prayer is a, is a, is a good thing. Okay, it really is. Now, you know, there's some there are some denominations, um, you know, many of the reformers have, have, uh, in my opinion, regrettably, you know, come against the sinner's prayer. And and the reason they do is they believe that, you know, people are given a a sinner's prayer and they're given a false hope. They just say the words and, you know, um, they think they're saved. Um, But really, we do see elements of the sinner's prayer in this text. It absolutely cannot be denied, okay? That a saving faith, a faith that's trusting and relying on Jesus Christ does call out to him, right? Does call out and confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, right? Um, Look at, he says in verse 11, as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And again, Paul is going to quote He's consistently been quoting the Old Testament throughout Romans. That's Isaiah 28, 16. As the scripture says, Paul said, God has given his word, Isaiah 28, 16, anyone who trusts in him, anyone who's clinging to Jesus, trusting and relying and has their full trust and confidence in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of their sin and their salvation of their soul will never be put to shame but you will actually have eternal life, everlasting life, forgiveness of your sins, and you will spend eternity in heaven when you die. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So again, Paul is saying it said this in the Old Testament. Okay. Again, he's quoting Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. there. Look at verse 12. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all. And richly blesses all who call on Him. Okay, so again, you see this action of calling. Okay, so calling on Jesus in prayer, or the sinner's prayer, so to speak, really is a good thing. Now, again, um, it, it ought not be misused. Okay, but it, it's 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 a good thing because these are the exact words here, and yes, this is what Paul has in mind. That when we understand our hopeless state, our desperate state, and we're told the good news of Jesus, and we believe that, right? And then then our faith manifests in us calling out to Jesus in desperation, going to Jesus and praying and calling out to him in prayer and asking him humbly to be the Lord of our life, asking him to save us from our sin, to bring us to heaven when we die, to deliver us from eternal hell and proclaiming our full trust and confidence and hope in him alone. Look what it says. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Boom, Paul lays down the gamut. Whether you're Jewish or whether you're non-Jewish, the same Lord, Jesus, is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Okay. didn't say all who believe on him. Now, again, your calling is evidence of your belief. Okay, when you understand your condition, when you understand you're a hopeless, desperate sinner, and now you understand the good news of of all that Jesus has done for you and becoming a human man and living for you and dying for you and being raised from the dead that ought to produce in you a calling. to to call out to him, to desperately run to him and to call out to him to save you. The same Lord, Jesus, is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. Now it's interesting because it didn't say everyone who believes in the Lord will be saved, but it is our belief that saves us. But a saving belief will drive you to call out to Jesus. A saving belief will drive you to to, to call out to Jesus and ask him to save you because you understand your desperate state. Now again, Paul is again quoting the Old Testament here in Joel 2, verse 32. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we'll kind of see here a golden chain of salvation in the life of an individual. So let's, let's watch this close. Look at this, Uncle Dennis, okay? Okay. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Verse 15, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So do you see the chain? So he didn't say everyone that believes will be saved. Verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we'll read it and then we'll go backwards to forwards. So Paul is just reasoning it, reasoning it out now. Okay, so, so how are they going to call out to Jesus? Verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed it. So he just said that everyone who understands their sinful condition, who, who, who hears the gospel, the gospel is the good news of all that Jesus did and becoming a man and living a perfect, righteous life and dying a perfect, torturous death on our behalf and being raised from the dead. I mean, if you haven't heard of Jesus, how will you believe in him and call out to him, Right. So verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then, verse 14, can they call on the one they have not believed in? So Paul's just reasoning, well, they're not going to call out to Jesus. They're not going to run to Jesus. They're not going to pray to receive Jesus until they first rightly believe in Jesus. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Okay, it's just reasonable. Until someone has been told... Until they hear and understand what has been done for them, what Jesus has done for them, until they understand what the word of God says regarding what Jesus has done for them, how can they believe it? How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Again, so how are they going to hear and listen and understand the gospel And the good news of what Jesus has done for them, unless someone shares the gospel and preaches the gospel and teaches the gospel, the message about Jesus Christ coming to earth, living and dying and being raised from the dead. And how can they preach unless they are sent? Verse 15, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So let's go backwards to forwards now. Okay. Verse 15, and how can they preach unless they are sent? So first of all, they have to be sent. Every one of us as disciples, every one of us as Christians is being sent by our heavenly father. Once you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, okay, it begins with Jesus sending the apostles, and now Jesus is sending you and I. How much do you share the good news about Jesus? Again, it's hard sometimes, right? We live in a world that's often not friendly to it you can there are many ways okay we have uh, we have three gospel tracks they're in different languages on the website you can go to the website they're all free you can print them you can put them on car windshields you can give them away you can leave them in bathrooms you can give them to waiters you could you know you can leave them in a grocery store again there's ways to get the gospel out there And obviously talking to people about Jesus, but some people would say, man, I don't feel confident about it. So you can give out tracts. You can leave tracts. Again, we've written gospel tracts that present the gospel. They're at the website, uh, kingdomd.org. You can print them. Everything's free. Um, And again, give them away and just, again, leave them places and you'll never know what the Lord can do. So first of all, how can they preach unless they are sent? So here's this golden chain, right? Backwards to forwards. First, they have to be sent. You and I have been sent by Jesus. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Okay, so we have to, we're sent, but we're sent to share the gospel. We're sent to to teach and preach the good news of what Jesus has done. We're not sent to teach our own beliefs, our own ideas. We're sent to, to share the good news that the Bible teaches of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we all have been sent. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? It's not going to do any good if we, don't, if we don't share the gospel with them, the good news of what Jesus has done. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Okay, so once you're sent and now you're sharing the gospel, the, the people have to listen to you. They have to hear what you're saying. They actually have to understand the good news. Okay. So this, this brings up another point. We ought to be practicing the gospel. We ought to be getting better and better, May, at sharing the gospel. We ought to be consistently talking about Jesus and what he's done in becoming a human man for us, living a perfect righteous life for us, dying a a horrible and torturous death for us and being raised from the dead. And, and, and what it means that we are hopeless, helpless, sinful people under the wrath of God headed to hell without Christ. So we ought to be practicing this and getting better at it because we have been sent, we've been sent to share the good news and, and now the people have to listen to the, what you're saying and they have to hear it. Now, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? So, and how can they believe in the one they have not heard? So now after they've heard it, after you've explained the gospel, after the good news of what Jesus has done for you, has been explained the people need to believe that they need to believe the good news of what the scripture says the Savior has done what Jesus God the the Son has done in dying for you living for you and being raised from the dead but then it doesn't say everyone who believes will be saved verse 13 for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved so do you see the chain you're sent. verse 15 verse 14 you're sharing the gospel, the gospel's preached, the gospel is heard and listened to and understood. Then, you know, when it's properly heard and listened to, it's actually believed, you actually believe it. And then that, that belief, that genuine belief drives you to actually call out to Jesus with your mouth. And that's what the sinner's prayer is there for. The sinner's prayer is to, to help people in this process to call on the name of the Lord. And it, and it really is a good thing. Now, again, there are many who, who believe the sinner's prayer gives false assurance. But the problem is not the prayer, okay? Because yes, just saying words or puppeting words is not what saves us. But it's when we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that does manifest in us desperate, re- desperately really calling on him, desiring for him to save us, proclaiming him to be the Lord of our life and proclaiming our trust and confidence and hope in him alone. It's incredible. Wow. Golly. You see it. You see that beautiful golden chain there. You see it, Nathan. Wow. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And again, Paul is quoting Isaiah 52, 7 there. Okay. And again, so again, again, Our feet as Christians are called beautiful when when our mouth is being used to talk about Jesus. We're called to have beautiful feet. Now, regrettably, and I confess this in myself, oftentimes because the things coming out of my mouth are not the good things of Jesus, but they could be frustrations or complaints or however foolish thing I'm saying at times, forgive me, Lord, and my feet aren't beautiful. But he quotes Isaiah saying, "How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. When you're traveling and walking and using your feet with the intent, with the intent to share the gospel, to leave the gospel, to bring the gospel, or to talk about Jesus, the Bible says, "Your feet are beautiful. Thank you, Lord Jesus." Verse 16. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, "Lord." Who has believed our message? So again, Paul now quoting Isaiah 53:1 is saying in Isaiah's day when he was he was quoting, you know, the message that he was calling the Israelites to repent. And Paul is using that Old Testament scripture to make a point now. For not all the Israelites accepted the good news. As a matter of fact, the vast majority of Jews today and those in Israel have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They've heard of him, they know who the the New Testament claims him to be. They even know the Old Testament prophecies. But instead of accepting the good news that Jesus lived for you and died for you and rose from the dead, the vast majority, the 99% have have regrettably rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Paul says he quotes the Old Testament. You notice how Paul is consistently quoting the word of God as the authority, right, Rap? We always ought to be quoting the word of God. It's the word of God. That's our authority. The Bible, right? Again, it's not our own beliefs. It's not the world system. Um, the, The ultimate authority is not the United States Constitution. The ultimate authority is the Bible, the living word of God. That's why we do this. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Verse 17 Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. A very powerful verse. You see that? Look at that, Kristen. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. When you share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it brings faith. It awakens faith. All right? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. The gospel has, has the power. To bring faith, to, to again, to, to, to awaken faith, right? Uh, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. This is why it's so important we talk about Jesus more and more and more and more. And the message is heard through the word of Christ, okay? Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. We grow in our faith as we as we as we read and study and hear the word of God. And the faith of salvation comes from from the preaching of the gospel. It has, it has power in it. You remember in, in chapter one, verse 16, Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Wow. Verse 18, but I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. That's Psalm nineteen four. So again, Paul is now saying, so, you know, does Israel have the excuse that they, they did not hear? Paul said, Of course they heard. Okay. And he quotes uh, you know, the, the gospel had been spreading all over Israel and it had been working its way across the whole world. Now it's gone to the whole world, right? Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So it's not that Israel didn't hear. Verse 19, I get again I asked, did Israel not understand? Okay. They did, did they not have they not heard of Jesus? Nope. They all heard of Jesus. Did it just not make sense to them? Did they not understand? Again, I asked, did Israel not understand? Verse 19. First, Moses says, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. That's Deuteronomy 32, 21. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. And that's Isaiah sixty-five one. So no, it's not that they hadn't understood. The Old Testament scriptures said that that God would raise up the Gentiles and make them envious by the Gentiles actually receiving Jesus Christ by faith, where Israel would still try to pursue. A, a law of righteousness, right? The non-Jews, the nations who didn't have any idea, they weren't trying to be made, God, made, made right with God by their own good works, but they had, they, had, they had heard the message and trusted in Christ where the vast majority of Israel was still trying to be made right with God in their own good life, and their own righteousness, right? Verse 21, but concerning Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. And that's Isaiah 65 too. So again, here now, again, he puts the responsibility squarely on Israel and it's on all of us. If we have not received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, even today, the Father's saying all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. If we haven't received Jesus Christ today, It's not because we didn't hear it. It's not because we didn't understand it. It's because we've rejected Jesus. So wherever you are today, okay, Um, you've heard the gospel. If you're listening to this, you've heard the gospel. Simply humble yourself before Jesus. Acknowledge your hopelessness, your helplessness, and your desperation and cry out to him in faith and ask him to be the Lord of your life and to save you from your sin and to bring you to heaven when you die. And God has given his word that if you do that with a genuine heart, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Obviously, if you if you do it with, with a genuine and sincere heart, give your life to Jesus today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. We We thank you for this incredible book of Romans, Father. We thank you for the scriptures, Lord. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the good news. Above all, as always, Father, we thank you for Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. We ask you to help us to use our feet, to use our mouth, to bring the good news of Jesus. We know you've sent us, Holy Spirit. We ask you to help us, lead us and guide us to more and more share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. Lord Jesus, we love you and worship you today, our risen savior. It's in your name we pray, amen and amen.